0: The key to unlocking emerging technology is to create an aspirational vision, then build collaborative stepping stones to the future. It's hard to even know what emerging technology means in an era when there's just a tsunami of innovation and development. And to even qualify how, how how to wrap your mind around an emerging technology is one thing, let alone choosing which ones to follow, let alone choosing the right one. Love to hear you describe more about why this principle is so important to you.
1: Well, I think that confusion around what could emerging technology be is exactly why this is the only way in our mind. You know, our mind is that if we are prescriptive, if we say a a jet must do X and Y, and we write that well in advance of actually developing it, um, we have made the wrong choices, we have bet on the wrong things. And we've been limited to our own understanding at the time that we wrote the requirement, which is usually flawed to the technology and the science and then flawed in the, you know, drivers of actually what unlocks emerging capability. And so, you know, we believe that an aspirational vision of where you're going, you know, for example, a digital fortress that complements the physical fortresses we built around bases. Um, it is, um, inspiring enough, but lacks prescription. In the steps to make it happen. And that's on purpose. It is meant to inspire all the parties that need to come together to help make critical decisions. So first, what technologies within this vision are worth betting on? Well, if we in DOD are having to, you know, determine each of those ourselves, then we are, again, we are incentivized incorrectly to make those decisions. Well, we're going to think backwards rather than forward. And so we want to find precedent set in other markets, um, in those that are moving quickly, in those in markets that are actually applying these technologies rapidly. And we are leveraging their insight, their knowledge to the technology and the application. And so for us, the ability to create an aspirational vision that inspires parties to internalize that to their own way you know whether you're customs and border protection, or whether you're an Anduril, or if we're talking 5G, if you're a Verizon, or if you're the sponsor office back at the Office of Secretary of Defense, um, you find how you're kind of mashing these strategic players together in this vision, but not into something that is prescriptive. It's it's linking their hands and empowering them all to move forward and explore and do iterative design along the path. And so we very much believe that, um, we need to create stepping stones to that future. But if you set out on the adventure and you think where every, you know, you think, you know, where every step is and every fork in the road that you have to take, then you are limited to the wisdom and knowledge that you had when you launched. And the whole thing, the word emerging is, it's unknown. It is an unknown adventure. And so it's a new frontier. And if you thought that Lewis and Clark knew how to, you know, take every pathway before they launched and they charted into this unknown territory and had it all mapped out. Um, well, they would, they would have come to the first fork. And deciding to get on the river or stay on land, and they'd have been stopped because they were ill-equipped whenever they convinced their boss, hey, how are we going to do this?
0: So it's interesting that you bring that up. Obviously, it's one of my favorite adventures of all time, partly because there's so many examples of, of leadership. And what this is about is also leadership. It's aspirational vision that a team can get about, get behind. So there's a moment when Lewis and Clark have followed the Missouri all the way up into Montana. And there's a, a fork where the rivers, two rivers come together and create, create the Missouri. And they have to pick which one is the correct river. The one that goes off to the right is the same color that the Missouri has been since St. Louis. The one that branches off to the left is a very different color. It's clear. It's, 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 just, it's clearly just a different river. And the entire party says, no, like we, we're going to follow the river that has the same color as it's always been
1: muddy water, follow the muddy water, follow the muddy water.
0: And Meriwether Lewis said, no, it's the other one. And he just had to forge ahead knowing that it was the other way. Nobody believes him. Nobody wanted to go. They thought it was winter was coming on. It was, it was potentially a fatal move if they were wrong, but he believes in the larger aspiration of what they were trying to do, which was, I need to understand how to get to the headwaters. Not I need to understand. I need to like look in front of me and do what, what we've always done.
1: Yeah. What's funny is he had to build trust in his team over time. By wisdom of decision making, but even at that moment when you're picking the fork in the road, and you are and you've properly assessed because you've read the conditions on the ground, you will find resistance because it's all uncomfortable, and so you have to lead. You are equipping the environment. You're equipping your party for the moment that you have to lead, and so you have to build trust in that and that's all relationship right they knew him in an intimate level and even then they still you know resisted where he was leading but and so sometimes sometimes you have to to forge ahead so
0: one of the ways i've heard you described was that you had this very uncanny ability to listen to a number of different things and then just have the ability to succinctly point at something and say, this is the right choice. And it would turn out to be the right one. And that's partly what's helped cultivate your reputation as a leader in this, in this area. How are you able to do that? How are you able to, to feel confident in choosing that vision?
1: Well, aspirational is always the the term, right? It is, it is that. I am never prescriptive. I create structure and I create pathways for sure. And we create stepping stones. But every step along the way, we're, we're reassessing. And not in a way that we get bogged down and handcuffed. No, we're reassessing to the objective that we set out on the expedition. You have to go back to those tenants. And so you find if you can go back to those tenants and not be bogged down by this path that you thought you were on, and by the steps that you thought you were taking, then you can quickly leverage the decisiveness and and the wisdom that you have to determine what the next proper step is. And and that's the whole thing. And it's that agility. I, I, you know, I've never had a great term for mental agility, you know, in, in having mental agility to reassess halfway through the expedition on, what the right next step is, is critical. And I find that a lot of people struggle to go back to the launch point and say, what was this whole thing about? You know, they've gotten in the motion of moving through the frontier here and said, you know, okay, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going because it's, it's so much easier to try and control it and finally grip it in that hand and get that closed fist and say, ah, I'm going to make this thing happen. And, I, you know, maybe what I have found where, is, where I'm different in my makeup is I, I don't grip it because I think it's unwise every time I feel myself gripping it. And I say, no, I must maintain agility, even mental agility in assessing how we're meeting our objective.
0: In his book, Chaos, Call Sign Chaos, General James Mattis described a situation in which his Marines were being investigated for a potential war crime. And along the decision chain, you know, he was the final authority. He said, yes, go do this thing. And so the JAG, the uh, judge advocate, general military lawyer, that was interviewing him for the purposes of the investigation, asked him a question that he knew the answer to, but he wanted general Maas to say it. He said, how long did it take you? to make this decision, which was a momentous decision that, that did end up, you know, not going well. Mattis responds 30 years because yes, it took him 30 seconds to make that decision on paper because he had the ability, he had that mental agility developed through experience and intuition and had his mind humble enough to know that he didn't know everything, but clear enough to know that he could rely on his judgment.
1: If you're going to trust your wisdom and you're going to trust your decision making, then you better reassess what you're about every day because you, the forces within you and the forces around the world are trying to lead you astray. Often you better know what you're about and you better know that you are still about what's in the best interest of that organization. And if you can, then you can be like general Mattis and say, everything that i've ever learned was poured into making that decision but because i knew what i was about at my core was aligned with what the organization is about and the mission of the organization decisiveness i have i have uh not earned the right i have proven to myself that i can be decisive in that moment and be fully confident